0: Welcome to Courageous Leadership with Virginia Prodan, training you to lead with courage.
1: Hello everyone. We are so happy you're back on our um, Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan podcast. I'm Virginia Pradhan, your host. I'm so glad for you sending your questions, your comments, and um, how this podcast help you to live a life of success and significance and to be strong and courageous. Uh, I'm so glad today we have a very important guest that will help you to extend your view of courage and success and living a life of significance uh, by his participation here. His name is E.G. Kimball, and he he is the director of um, um, outreach and engagement with the combat anti semitist movement. E.J., thank you so very much for coming here. We, uh, we met together a few months ago this year, this year, not uh, long ago. Maybe I had seen you before, but we uh, we talked together at uh, NRB in um, this year. So I'm uh, so grateful for your friendship, and I'm so grateful for your participation here. Would you please introduce yourself for our audience?
0: Sure. Well, thank you for having me on and it's great to see you again, at least over the computer, and look forward to seeing you in person again soon. So, as as you mentioned, uh, I am the director of Christian Outreach and Engagement with the Combat Antisemitism Movement. We are a movement, as the name suggests, <coughs> of over 800 organizations that have agreed to partner with us. Because we share a belief that the issue of anti-Semitism is something that must be eradicated. Uh, so as an organization, we, we work not to, to try to do what others are doing, but do it better. We try to help amplify the work that others are already doing. We try to bring organizations together that are working on it and can be complementary, but may not know or have the resources to connect. And then we're looking to fill the gaps where we haven't been battling this issue of anti-Semitism before. And one of the big uh, areas that we have focused our attention on is at the local level with mayors, not just in the United States, but all around the world, where this year, just last month in November, we had two mayor summits. We've had a mayor summit in 2021 and 2022, but this year we actually split it up because it's grown, where we had a mayor summit in Fort Lauderdale, Florida for U.S. mayors, and we had one in Dortmund, Germany for European mayors. So this is an area where we found a gap, and we've stepped in to fill that gap. And of course, we're not doing this by ourselves. We're working with, with our partners all around the world.
1: Wow, that is wonderful. Tell us just a little bit um, on how you started. You know, I hear lots of people when I train them, when I coach them, that they have the impression that when you start or even every single day of your life, you, you need to have the blueprint. Um, and uh, many times I said you have to have the command or the... Direction from God. He will provide the the blueprint step by step. So tell us from your point of view how you started. How God helped you to do and organize and work together with all these eight hundred partners.
0: Well, I I believe strongly that God has a plan for everyone. Uh, sometimes God lets us in a bit on the plan, and sometimes He doesn't, and it's. It's having that trust and faith that everything is meant to happen for a reason. And so I've been fortunate in my my career, my personal career. I've had different jobs. I've worked on Capitol Hill. I've worked with nonprofit organizations. I've worked on counterterrorism issues. I've worked on pro-Israel advocacy work. And, you know, everything that I have done has led to this moment. Uh, that's sort of that's the way that i I approach my professional life and my personal life. So I had an opportunity uh, about four and a half years ago in the summer of 2019 to start working with a new organization called the combat anti-Semitism movement, which had started in February two thousand and nineteen, almost five years now and as an organization it was, like you mentioned, it, it was just getting its footing. We knew what needed to happen. We knew the issue of anti-Semitism was still a big problem. There were lots of great organizations that have been trying to stop anti-Semitism, but it was continuing to to rise. So we started with a very simple pledge to to combat anti-Semitism and Support the IHRA, IHRA, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance working definition of antisemitism, which creates a definition that also includes about 11 modern examples of antisemitism, which helps to bridge that gap from the classic antisemitism, which I like to describe more as the You know, blaming the Jews who live amongst society for all of society's ills, and with the advent of the recreation of the the modern state now of Israel, that that anti-Semitism in some ways shifted from the Jew living amongst us to the Jewish nation living amongst us, and there is a a misunderstanding that this you know singling out Israel for. Uh, for holding them to higher standards than anyone else, uh, double standards when you're comparing Israel to other countries, is anti-Semitism no matter how they're trying to mask it. And that was a major impetus for the organization when it started, was to build this consensus in support of this internationally recognized, growing internationally recognized definition of anti-Semitism, which is now being adopted across the world by countries, by states, by uh, local municipalities. So this is is something that was an opportunity. And as we built out organizations that agreed that this is an important thing to define anti-Semitism, we need to define the problem before you can solve that problem. And from there, the organization has just continued to build. And I've been fortunate to, to be able to be in my role as uh, the Director of Christian Outreach and Engagement. It's been a blessing.
1: Um, you nailed it because uh, I, I agree with you. In order to resolve a problem, you have to define the problem. You have to pledge that. Uh, And and it's so, so important in our lives. Uh, You know, our podcast started because a lot of people um, call us and many of them read the book, Saving My Assassin, that it's my memoir but talks about life under socialists and how God can use one person to change the country and to do amazing things. What we promote is we want to show people the horrors of socialists and the power of God, even under persecution. In your case, you explain it so clearly that you have to pledge. You have to find the problem, you have to pledge, and you have to keep your focus on on that. And I believe and I hope that people that are wondering where and how can i start in everything got the answer today from both of us define the problem focus on the problem pledge your organization and your mission on that and keep doing it and you will see the the success tell us just a little bit about uh, give us an example one or two of the obstacles that you had and uh, you conquer
0: them. Well, one of the obstacles we have, and this is, I don't, I wouldn't say that we've conquered it, but it's, it's an obstacle that we have to continuously battle, and that's the issue of disinformation. Uh, I, I had a conversation last week about what's going on on college campuses, and and we can get into that in a moment, but the the point of my conversation was it's not a lack of information that's the problem here. Arguably, people today have access to more information than at any time in the history of the world.
1: Sure. So it's
0: not that people don't get the information. It's that the information that they're receiving is either fake or it's disingenuous, and what we're seeing, and one of the big challenges we have in fighting Jew hatred, or as it's referred to, anti-Semitism, but Jew hatred, I think, sums it up better. As uh, the former special envoy to monitor and combat anti-Semitism, Elon Carr, would would say very clearly, this is about Jew hatred. Is that? this distinction between being anti-Semitic and what people call anti-Zionist is really a false dichotomy. And what do I mean? Anti-Zionism, the argument is that it's not that the person is anti-Semitic, that they hate Jews. It's their anti-Zionist, this idea of the modern Zionist movement from the 19th, late 19th century, this recreation of a Jewish state uh, of Israel and that Jews should return to the land of Zion. That the policies of the Israeli government are what the people have a problem with now. Legitimate debate over Israeli policies is is completely legitimate. It's fine. This is what we do in a democracy. Uh, We're seeing it play out today in Israel. Even as they are a united country, there are still disagreements over the way that they are operating and conducting the war against Hamas. But there is a distinction about what anti-Zionism really means because Zionism is not something that was created by Theodore Herzl at the end of the 19th century. Zionism is something inherent within the Jewish people. Zionism, this yearning to return to Zion, to Jerusalem, is what held the Jewish people together for 2,000 years being dispersed from their homeland. And the fact that after 2,000 years, there was still this Jewish identity The religion was there, but also a Jewish identity. It's not all religious Jews. It's secular Jews, Jews with totally different belief structures and observance structures. But it was this common inherent belief in Zionism to return to Zion that kept the Jewish people together that ultimately led to the creation of the modern state of Israel. And that is something that we are continuously battling to help people understand that legitimate criticism of Israeli policies, that's fine. But when you're holding Israel to a double standard, that is masking anti-Semitism. When you're holding Jews in America responsible for the actions of the Israeli government, that is anti-Semitism and these these are challenges that we fight every day, and I believe we'll be fighting for a very long time.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, and that is at least in uh, this government, the, the government that we have right now, misinformation is part of what they are doing. You know, that you have misinformation about Jewish people, about Jewish inheritance, uh, about everything that that they are doing, and they present uh, uh, a terrorist organization like the sense of the of today and so forth but also i can see when they talk about socialism they present misinformation to young people what they talk about socialism is not correct socialism is not going to resolve your problems god is the one who is the provider the the the, the person who will resolve your problems so what i see is uh that there is a tendency to subdue young people to think of what the government wants them to think and in this case in in you know this case with jewish people uh they are continuing to do this the, hope that there is for whatever they want to lie about Jewish people or about socialists is this. These people that present misinformation, they fight first with God. Because God is the one who chose the Israeli people to be the chosen one. No question, period, Mark. Jewish people are the chosen one, and when you fight against them, you fight against God. And the good news is that nobody in the history of human nature, human existence, won against God. Yes, we might not see um, the victory today, but we are walking in the victory with God. And they should know this and we should express the confidence, not to be fearful, even though I have to say it, I don't want to be in in the shoes of young people going to Harvard Law School, MIT, PA, or other college universities where they feel terrorized and many of them are physically attacked in America for being Jewish. That's not right. That it's not fair and needs to be changed.
0: Well, on on the point of disinformation, you know, on college campuses today, as you mentioned, going to some of these schools, a professor at Berkeley, University of California, Berkeley, a, uh, a haven for anti-Semitism, a professor... Talk to students who are marching against Israel, uh, calling what Israel is doing in its legitimate self-defense actually to free the people of Gaza from Hamas, uh, but calling it genocide. And while at the same time actually calling for genocide against Jews by chanting, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, meaning from the Mediterranean, uh, from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, which is where Israel is, Palestine, that territory will be free, being free of Jews, uh, also being free of about two million Arabs who are living in Israel as citizens. And what was very interesting is that after he presented some basic facts to these students, over two thirds of them Changed their minds about uh, their their views on on this conflict, and it's this is this is the problem today. There's so much information out there, and there's so much that is is wrong, and these students are getting bad information. And on college campuses, what's happened over the past I I can't even tell you how long, but probably decades now, is that. They have become these safe spaces where opposing viewpoints that make you uncomfortable, that challenge your preconceived ideas are not allowed anymore. Students would protest speakers, Israeli speakers who who held more conservative views from a U.S. conservative liberal standpoint. They would shout them down and prevent them from actually giving a talk on college campuses. And that's not what college is about. College is about exploring new ideas, challenging your preconceived notions. And that has not been happening. So when you have one-sided conversations only on college campuses, you have generations of students who become professionals in our system. And that's not just foreign policy professionals journalists, you're talking about accountants, you're you're talking about actors, anyone involved in the public space have this single-minded view because they've never been exposed or challenged to new ideas and new ways to look at at an issue. They just keep going with the same views that they support and that's why we're seeing this big problem on college campuses, but this study from this professor very simple, basic facts changed over two thirds of the students that he talked to. You can imagine what it would be like if people were actually getting true information.
1: The danger about uh having just one point of view that we see in uh, in um, um in a, um, college campuses is goes beyond. Anti because today it's about anti Semitists. Tomorrow it's going to be against Christians or against anyone who does not repeat the words or the sentences or the ideology that the government requires you to, um, to repeat. And that is the way you establish socialism in a country. I live under socialists. I experience socialists. And this is so dangerous. When when you... I'm grateful for the professor. I'm grateful for the students who took the position after they received the facts. Because many of the students that we see, and even professors, they might know the reality. They might not know the reality. But the problem is when you know the reality you are in a position to take your steps your your point of view and stand up for the truth and many of them they don't want to stand up for the truth they believe that someone else will do it they believe that they will lose their job they will lose their position and everything let me tell you i i uh, I I uh, I know I, I wrote my my memoir, Saving My Assassin, and I live under socialist. If you believe that now you lose something, your job or your position, when socialist comes, you lose everything that you have. If you are a Jewish or you're Christian, or if you even if you are an artist, you lose everything. So if you don't take a position today, to protect people from Israel. If they live in Israel, in every part of the world, or in America, in your college student, believe me that the next step is going to be you. And the next step, is going to be someone else. So we will lose much more than we believe right now than we are losing. We were giving freedom from, from God, from Christ. And he gave us the key to our freedom and to the key to our truth, which he is the truth to speak up for the truth. And many of them they receive that key of freedom of truth from Christ. They know and understanding, but they give that key to someone else, to the government, to the college, in order to receive a diploma. That's wrong. And you are. You are becoming a slave in someone else's hands, a puppet in someone else's hands. So I advise everyone to take it seriously, what the college uh, is doing right now with people of Israel and what is going to be next.
0: Yeah. And, you know, this issue of anti-Semitism and quite frankly, why... Why should Christians care about anti-Semitism? And you were making that point, is that you know, first anti-Semitism is not just about attacks on Jews; it's a s- evil scourge on society. Where anti-Semitism rises within a society, you see that society begin to crumble because it anti-Semitism may start with Jews, but God forbid anti-Semites were successful. In ridding the world of all Jews, they wouldn't be happy. They wouldn't be satisfied. They'd be going after others. They would be going after Christians. They would be going after anyone that doesn't think like them. Mm -hmm. And that, that is why if you don't stop the threat when it starts it builds and builds and builds and becomes an even greater threat. And I think that's what Israel is dealing with right now with Hamas. It wasn't a surprise that Hamas was a threat. Everyone knew they were a threat. And over the years, Israel has gone in to sort of the mow the lawn as that threat built up and the rockets started firing and it got to a point where you had to do something. They went in and they cut it down. They didn't eliminate it, and then that threat would rise again, greater than it was before. And you cut it down, and it continued to get worse and worse every time it was able to to rebuild. And so now Israel is doing the right thing, which is eliminating this threat. It yeah. can't exist anymore. You have to remove them from Gaza. You've got to eliminate them because we have seen the evil that Hamas is and those that think like them. And it is dangerous, not just for Israel and Jews, but it's dangerous for everyone around the world to allow this ideology to have a base of operations where they can build up military capabilities to, to strike against Jews and quite frankly, the entire free world. This is, yeah, this it, is a example of good versus evil. And yeah, it's a very simple question here. This is not a question about should there be a Palestinian state living side by side with Israel or not? This is very simply about good versus evil. Hamas isn't interested in peace. No. To them, peace is when all of the Jews are gone. All well, of the territory really. is controlled by them. Yeah. That's Peace to them is when they have no more enemies that they describe as their enemies. That's peace. That's not peace.
1: Well, if you hear them clearly, they said, the next things they said, death do to America. If you don't believe, then you will support the consequences. But what I wanna say is, taking the facts, understanding the situation, having the freedom to express yourself and to speak the truth. It's something that we have in America, and people all over the world will die to have that freedom. The danger of some of people in the young generation is they they are ready to sell that, that or to give it away for lies, and that will change their lives forever. Freedom is so precious. I signed my my memoir with freedom is precious because I live in a society socialist and communist where freedom was not. But free you can live in a freedom even if you are occupied. And if you read any books or any stories of people in the Holocaust that they were surrounded by enemies, they were starved to death and everything. They, they were freer than the people guarding them because freedom comes from inside. It's not from what the government wants to give you or wants to direct you. So I understand what you are saying to the young generation. Take open your eyes take the facts and change your mind because you change your life for better before you change this world
0: yes and and that's what that's what we're doing with the combat anti-semitism movement and and we are we are looking to get to everyone quite frankly this is not just a young person problem this is older generation problem this is you know sort of your your working class generation problem this is across the world this is a problem because there has just been so much information put out there that is just not true and has been used to influence people in ways that has become, quite frankly, dangerous, dangerous to our country and, and to the world. And you know, at uh, you can see our, our website, combatantisemitism.org. You can sign up for our newsletters there where we're putting out this information, notifying you about events taking place. Uh, it is, it's a great resource to learn about antisemitism yeah. Yeah. and what's been happening and where it's happening. But not just the bad parts, because yeah, we're not just about trying to scare people about how terrible things are, but there are real successes happening. And we highlight those positive developments as well, because it's important to see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. If all we see is darkness, you know, we just finished the, the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah and Hanukkah is about light over darkness.
1: Yes, exactly. And
0: it's an amazing thing if you think about darkness. If you are in a completely dark room, there's no windows to the outside. There is no light in that room. It is complete darkness and you can see nothing. If someone lights a match, a small spark of light, you can see so much. It dispels so much darkness with that one spark of light. And, and that's you are
1: so right, and that light can be you. Don't wait for, that's my message to, to everyone, don't wait for anyone. You can be the light in the darkness around you. You can be the one that God sent you to be the light in that area. And if we all shine that light, this world will be less darker and we can do amazing things in God's power. Well, EJ, thank you so very much for coming to our podcast, for sharing all those negative and positive things about. You know, anti Semitism and what your company, what your nonprofit is doing. Thank you. And I hope people will go to your website, will subscribe, will be more involved than, than before. And I just want to thank you so very much. For those of you who want to learn more about what we are doing, maybe you are new to our podcast. Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan go to virginiapradhanbooks.com slash contact and write us what you need and we will help you thank you so very much E.J. for coming here
0: thank you very much it was a pleasure if you want to know more about Virginia Prodan, her coaching program, buy her book, Saving My Assassin, or invite Virginia to speak at your events, visit virginiaprodanbooks.com.